0: Hey buddy. Hey buddy. <laughs> Welcome to episode one, season one. I don't know. We we're for doing seasons. It's just fun to uh, say. That. We are now. This is <laughs> Oh no, it just this is what <laughs> happens. You just yeah. make something up and then it becomes a thing. Yep. Um Welcome this is to better, America. This is the Betterman Film Club, the podcast. I am Nick Flora. I am Dave Gregory.
1: And together we are yeah exhausting. <laughs> we're yeah. men. <laughs> Okay. that means a few things men sometimes have strange motives for the things they do but we are still proud For if a man loses pride in manhood he is nothing
0: I'm a man I'm sensitive confronted with their true selves most men
1: run away Screamy. isn't this a strange conversation for men who aren't crazy you make me want to be a better man.
0: We didn't we didn't plan anything beyond this point, so let's just keep going. This is a podcast that uh, we wanted to start because we love movies, and we love each other, honestly. And yeah. we love talking about movies with each other, and um, we hadn't really thought much past that. So um, that's not true. We, we talk about this constantly. We've but...
1: overthought past that, and we were finally like, you know what, just turn the mics on, and let's do this.
0: That's true, actually. Um, We want this to be uh, a fun experience for all, but we figured if if we just keep talking about all the things it could be, it's probably going to ruin it. Um, So we're just going to jump in and start recording episodes and see where it goes. But this this is a a passion project of mine that I didn't know how to do. And then when Dave and I have been friends for years, and then when we jumped in and kind of like really kind of double, tripled down on our friendship almost a year Mm -hmm. ago now, um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I should do a podcast with Dave. This is and he'd be perfect for this because hands down, one of my favorite people to talk to about movies. And um just uh I don't know if you know me at all or Dave at all or how you're listening to this, but I'm for those who don't know, we can kind of give a quick intro for each other. Yeah. Um, but I'm a I'm a musician, songwriter, touring artist, and then in the last few years, especially since COVID, marched in 2020. Um started i got my coaching certification and um just had an insane journey. <laughs> is that your is that your stomach?
1: I don't know. I don't know what that was. I think that was about something in my throat. Like I breathed. I felt it but I couldn't hear it.
0: <laughs> your face, I could not see him on video. His face was so like serious. <laughs> But then yeah, I was trying to was figure like, out if
1: that was my body or if I felt I don't know what that was. It was <laughs> <the> my body. <noise, laughs>
0: the noise was like a sarlacc pit in in your throat. Um but anyway, yeah. <clears throat> a couple, a couple years ago I started down this journey of I've always kind of been on a self-betterment plan um for myself trying going through a lot of different stuff which we'll get into eventually um but uh and really through my crazy journey I I fell in love with my fellow man, which was the thing I was always scared of, honestly. So you'll hear me tell this story a bunch over the course of this podcast. But, um, yeah, I just, I, my heart goes out to men in general. And I, I think that conversations in general, I believe if we're going to be better as people, we need to talk to each other as our, in our own groups. And so this isn't, you might hear men in the title of this or the, the film club, um, the actual club club, this is the podcast. Um, and and think exclusionary, and I want to address that up top and say it's not. It's you're dead weird. on. Oh my bad. Oh 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 wait wait wait. You sorry. Didn't... No 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 no. Sorry. We have some
1: things to work out. Yeah. I
0: updated the Google Doc. We're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> we were gonna we're gonna be a hate group, and I decided maybe <laughs> maybe another way to go.
1: Yeah. Okay, no, but I'm I I, that, I
0: actually I thought about that because I'd had this you know the Betterman Film Club idea for about a year almost now, and um I was like, oh, it does sound very. Anytime a group of men are getting together to talk ex- without anybody else in the, in the room, like uh, women or non-binary or whoever, like I feel like it gets very uh, – it's not great historically, David. Um, so. It's not.
1: Well, what's interesting <laughs> too, not to – like, but part of – I remember when you reached out to me, we're coming up on – it's been like a year. You reached out to me last yeah. April via Marco Polo with like – we probably covered some of this in episode zero, but in case you're starting with this episode, I'm sure you'll hear this story a lot anyway – but literally with just a super vulnerable, like, hey, you want to be friends? Like, because we kind of were, yeah. but not really. <clears throat> yeah, we were. And I remember when the beginning, we were just getting to know each other, sharing about this stuff when we were learning how similar we are. Like, you've referenced multiple times how you're like, man, my biggest nightmare is like showing up to a party. And like all the women are hanging out in the kitchen. And they're like, hey, the, all the guys are out back. And you're like, Uh oh. oh.
0: Do I, do I have to go
1: there? (laughs) Can I,
0: can I stay in here and talk about
1: talking about Grey's anatomy, but yeah, I'd like like to talk about
0: devil wears Prada and quote Gilmore girls. But if you would like me to go out there and fake interest in a football team, I can do that too. Exactly. But here's the thing I can do that. And I'm not a huge Mm -hmm. sports fan, but like, and I don't care if you are, but I'm just saying like, I, I hate personally, and you can speak to this too, like how many men, how men have been relegated even by ourselves We've 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 downgraded our our level of connection to football, beer, um, hunting, video games, uh, naked women. You know, like there's yeah. nothing inherently wrong with any of those things, but there, there's almost like manually feel like we can get together. Those things are present, and I personally have had some tremendous, very much like I reach out to you, like some very intentional, amazing male friendships develop over the last seven years and it was a hundred percent because i was lonely and i was like i don't have any friends and so i i had to like take the the deep vulnerable plunge and actually reach out to people that i wanted to be friends with and say like a seven-year-old would do you want to be my friend and literally and, and i don't care in which ways we connect but it was more like like if we do end up talking about movies or playing video games or watching sports i don't care i just wanted that those things don't have to be present for us to be able to connect. And I feel like men and men specifically have been taught and the messaging by our society has been taught that if you, if you get together and just talk about your feelings or talk about your family or talk about your marriages or anything emotionally open, it's not socially acceptable, you know? And it's, it's, and I hate it so much because I was so scared to jump into any kind of male friendship for the longest time. And so I was like, you know what, I, I, I'm i a big follow your fear guy, because I feel like there's some truth there. And so jumping into these conversations, starting the film club, and now starting this podcast with you, I want to have these conversations. You and I being movie buffs is perfect for this um, film and stories through film is how I see the world. And it has helped me understand myself and my fellow man and my fellow, and by that I mean people. And mm-hmm. also just like has helped me put words to my experience that I I wouldn't be able to but otherwise if it wasn't for like very specific filmmakers and movies that really changed my yeah. life. So that that's the whole, that's the the long and the short of it. Now who are you? Hey, I'm Dave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I could just be I could just be like, yeah, uh-huh, Ditto. Uh we really are the same guy in We're a lot of similar. ways. And and with that too, like even with the that analogy that you've used in the past with the party and that being like, ugh, I, do I have to go out there? Like those are all things we love too. Like I like s- sports and beer and women and all the stereotypical things Me too, i yeah. also want to be able to move past that you know what i mean so just for people who are listening who are like oh dang is this like one of them feely boy podcasts yeah. like i mean yeah sometimes maybe i don't know but it's also like like yes we will just get on uh i mean is it okay for men in their 30s and 40s to play Fortnite? but like you know what i mean like just happily yes. get on there and just mindlessly play video games or watch sports. like yeah but, um but yeah so similarly i mean i don't it's funny when you said like, hey, I'm a, a musician and a touring mu-. I'm trying to think like, man, how do I even describe myself? I have been a musician and a photographer. I am, I guess, a multidisciplinary creative. I hate talking like that because it sounds really pretentious. It's true, though. It's true. It really just means I I can't pick Um and I'm okay at all of it and not great at any of it. But um but yeah, I, uh, I, I think humility. I sh- there it is. There's the, nope, the spider I'm not
0: going. Yep. I'm not going to let you do it. Dave is great. Anyway, you don't have to. You don't have to talk to yourself up.
1: Start over. Hey guys, <laughs> Nick's okay. He's great, but so am I. Let me tell you how I'm um, amazing. Amazing. No, I also I think something that me and Nick uh, bonded over. We met uh, however many years ago it was. We were booked on the same bill here in Dallas. Like that wasn't intentional. I just realized like, oh hey, I think I know that guy. Or we have some some. uh some common friends. Uh, we played a show together, and then that night, I still remember the thing that made me go like, "Oh, okay, I can respect his opinion." Is that neither of us were into the Killers uh, up until Battleborn everybody i knew loved the killers until battleborn and you were the only mm-hmm. other person i met that was like now i'm a fan i was like okay i'm gonna listen to this guy's opinions
0: um <laughs> he he lines up with me i will listen now
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's how i that's how i treat my news and my friends um just kidding yeah. but we um but yeah and so i really think a bit, we've gone through a very similar journey though of like man the things that we love like that was our identity for a long time like that's all like all i cared about was being the guy that friends would call after a movie comes out to be like what do you think because i know you're really passionate about this and then i also think we came out the other side of that of like hey i don't really identify like that's my identity isn't wrapped up in the things that i like but i'm still a huge nerd so like i can talk basically i can talk about it without getting into a fist fight now um which is a huge improvement yeah 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 um without arguing um but there's still a little bit of that rob gordon high fidelity in me yeah i'll listen to your opinion and i'll be nice about it but
0: Yeah, you're wrong. I definitely went through that phase too. I I think, I think, I think all men do to a degree about something. I think there's some kind of like, I have to be the smartest guy in the room. Maybe not everybody, but I I feel like that's a pretty normal, you know, at some point, everybody's a shitty 21 year old who's, who thinks they know how the world (laughs) works, you know? And I just happened to be that guy behind the desk at a video store because that was a thing when I was 21. Um, But that, Yeah that was absolutely before IMDb friends would call me and text me to ask me the name of like, you know, the third lead in mm-hmm. deep impact or something. And Elijah would, by the way, and and it's, and it was very important <laughs> to me that I had that information because we've talked about this and it will come up a lot. Um, but like that is, and was, or I, I would say more was than is, but like my identity, I was like, if, if I'm not pop culture guy, then who am I, you know, do I even exist? Mm. And honestly, it took me up until the last two years to even like really answer that question. Um, what was your journey out of that? Are you still in that? Like, I want to be the guy that people come to. Is that part of my identity thing?
1: I honestly, um, I, I I think 2020 kind of rid me of a lot of that stuff. Honestly, why would not... happen? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> what 2020? Uh, why? What's special about happened? that year?
0: Oh yeah, that's the year Trump won the presidency
1: (laughs) Yep And that cleansed me honestly brother No, we um, I, I think a huge part of it was just the lack of content And so like I spent more time with myself I spent more time uh, it was it was a lack of content. And then it was honestly when you and I started talking again more, mm-hmm. where like, I, I typically I have a long drive to work, I would spend all of my time in the car listening to podcasts, listening to audio book consuming content. And then I would get home. And it didn't matter if I was sitting on the toilet, like phone out YouTube, mm-hmm. I'm consuming content, I'm watching a show or I'm watching a video breakdown about a show or I'm watching. And there was a, a season, I think in 2020, where there just wasn't any New content coming out, and it sounds like kind of pathetic, but I think that people will resonate with that. Where I was like, "Well, then, who am I?" (laughs) Like, like I knew who I was for six weeks during the Michael Jordan documentary, and then after that, I was like, "I don't know who I am anymore." Like,
0: dude, we could break down the Michael Jordan documentary and will, Um,
1: (laughs) but no, we. I think that was a big part of it that like just just not having anything to go through and kind of being forced like there is a a, I wrote a song about this years ago oh you sang on it the song that you sang on Nick sang on a song of mine and Kate's uh, called strangers and literally that whole song was written about the the feeling I had when I went to Japan Uh, we were there for like a week and by day three I realized like nothing is in my language I don't have anyone to talk to I would literally try to watch Netflix on my phone and it was all Japanese shows like shows I didn't understand or didn't know or didn't and you get to a point where you go like I don't have anything to escape to so I'm kind of stuck with myself and I had that feeling of like I feel like a stranger to myself and really started working on that and then I think last April when you reached out we were talking about this earlier today but we're both really verbal processors and so I I made so much progress just by saying the things out loud that I'd been thinking for the last two years you know what I mean like Uh that became more real to me and it's part of why I'm just excited about the podcast because I think I've been internalizing all of these like lessons or just the impact that content that media movies have made on me but being able to sit and like tell someone else and share that about it it just it it becomes real to you in a different way you know
0: yeah totally that you made such a good point there I I feel like I don't know. I feel like 2020 was kind of like that for a lot of people. Everything kind of shut down for a while and we got to mm-hmm. really look at ourselves through that lens. But for us, especially being verbal processors for me, like telling you almost daily, if not daily. Oh, here. Oh, by the way, I don't think you know about my divorce story, or I don't think you know about yeah. my family history. Like we've known each other, but we've like pop culture, known each other. We've like show playing shows together. I would go to, da- I'm in Nashville. I would go down, down to Dallas. Um, You would come here. Like we would sort of like, passing ships in the night see each other and then social media know each other which a lot of people i feel like and i would still call you a friend and i don't even like downgrade that at all i think a lot of people have that now there's nothing wrong with that but i i for me personally getting to tell you my story and not feel the pressure to hurry the hell up because i'm taking too long because marco polo you're kind of in a vacuum and then sometimes i forget that you're on the other side of it until you respond to things i said like a day later and I'm like, Oh no, I said things out loud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it wonderful. really does feel like
1: a diary sometimes. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: There's no one to look into their eyes and be like, Oh, they're, they're so checked out or ready for me to wrap this up. And, um, and it's been wonderful. And even when we hang out in person, it doesn't feel like that, but uh, it, I, I just constantly, And not to pat ourselves on the back for being actually taking the step to be friends. Although that's how today started. Yesterday, Marco Polo back and forth, just affirming (laughs) each other. It was so it was honestly so beautiful. But it makes me like, oh, man, I did this like you did this like you have this. This is a weird way to put it. But like you you have this friendship with me because of you. Like you have a meaningful male friendship in your life because you showed up every day. You know what I mean? And people can't, we can't do it ourselves as much as we want to like have an actual being community by ourselves. And that's what, that's one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast or have these conversations is because so much of the messaging that we're given. And I was given as a kid through movies, especially is the lone gunman thing. The like, a yeah. true man is out. Is John Wayne out? You know, Cobra. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah, exactly. It's it's sliced Alone. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Commando. Com, freaking Commando. Yes. It's it's these guys who just go out by themselves. And you know, for me, it was uh, or like even like uh, Rooster Cogburn and and True Grit. Like this guy who just goes out and he goes and gets his man. And then that's why I love True Grit so much, as we see this guy just completely like. Old and decrepit, and he can't do it by himself anymore. And and he's like, what does he have to show for it? Like this life of loneliness, this life life of yeah. exile. And I think that, and and I had the messaging in my head for a long time that that's what a real man is. The real man shuts the hell up and lets other people talk. And I can't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I like oh the real you know the whole idea of a strong man being somebody like our father's generation or the generation before that even. So, uh, it's the man at the end of the bar who is so strong. He doesn't talk let about his feelings, mm. let it, any, nothing gets in, nothing gets out. And he just drinks until he passes out. But even alcohol doesn't phase him. This whole idea, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Killing
1: ourselves. Literally. Yes. There's <laughs> an answer I, for that. Killing I've, ourselves.
0: I've heard people say like, man, it's crazy that uh, like, you know, you're four cause I turned 40 this year and they're like, you're 40, but like 40 year olds, when you were a kid, look so much older and i was like because they were killing
1: you themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. dude yeah have you seen Mad Men? i haven't but i've heard about <laughs> yeah, you haven't what don draper went through yeah
0: <laughs> okay new new rule you're only allowed to reference Mad Men. i'm not and you haven't seen it and i have multiple times done done <laughs> and, you're and- such a you're don't being even, such
1: a don right now. Don't even drop ask it, like... me
0: if it's right. Just quote it confidently, and we'll see how close you Done.
1: get. I that that's my whole life. <laughs> confidently
0: speaking about things I have no reason to. That's not be. true. Um, sorry, I'll let you be sub deprecating like twelve percent. Just a little bit, okay? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. But well, let me ask you this: like, what? Um, I think we talked a little bit about it on the last episode, but. Uh, truth be told, that was over a month ago, and I don't, I don't remember. The I'll
1: take your word for that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we shot the pilot, and then we're waiting for it to get picked up. And um, <laughs> yeah.
1: by ourselves, we're waiting for ourselves to pick it up. Yeah. Well,
0: this is the big question that I want to ask in episode one, and I want us to both answer. And I honestly don't know this about you, so I'm excited to hear. But like, why movies? Like, what what is it about movies specifically that grabbed a young Dave Gregory in San Antonio, Texas? You know, in the 80s and 90s like what what was it about that like i had to ask myself that today and really think about what it is and i think i know but i don't know let's verbally process at each other yeah. and see and see let's what see. it is do, do you have an idea? do you have an answer for that do you do you kind of know why it's I movies
1: do. i mean I'll, I'll talk until i get to an answer about it <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> that's what you do on these things thank right? you for your honesty <laughs> no i honestly don't know if like i don't know if this was a me thing because as as i've gotten older i've learned like i'm an enneagram seven Uh, a strong characteristic of someone like that is, you know, I I run from pain and movies are such a great escape. And I don't mean that in like this deep, like, oh, the dark pain of being an adult. I just mean like, yeah, you just it's just you're an escapist. You like to turn to things that make you feel good. At the same time, I remember at a really, really young age, two things. a my father, uh, my father's an immigrant. He absolutely loved all things like, the 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 typical American man, like Sly Stallone and Cobra, Commando, all those. I grew up on those because he just loved, like, I'm here. I want to experience this. I grew up, he grew up watching like the spaghetti westerns and things like mm-hmm. that. And those were kind of the spaghetti westerns of our day. So I would watch those with him. The other half of that was I was the youngest of three. I have two older sisters who are six and nine years older than me. So when I was, you probably know this, what year did Little Women come out? 94. Ridiculous that you know that, but I, that was so <laughs> fast. So in '94, I was eight years old, you know, but um my sister was what seventeen. So like, what do a seventeen and an eight year old have in common? Nothing. But she comes home from the Marsh her video Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she comes home with Little Women, and I'm just like, well, this is my Friday night now. I guess like I'm going to watch such this.
0: a Joe and Amy.
1: A hundred percent. I'll be a Joe all day. Joe's my fave You know, you were Amy. She's Joe because she's older. Uh, okay, that's fair. But we um. But, yeah, I – so I would grow up like – I mean, That Thing You Do is one of my top five all-time favorite movies. Came out in 96. I I started watching that. Yeah. I started watching those because – I was 10 years old. What 10-year-old goes like, Mom, I want to watch a period piece about the one-hit wonders? No one. Like, well, you did. Yeah. Well, you were – you were what at that age? You were 14? 96, 14. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes a little more sense. But I feel like I started at a really young age watching these films that, like – They they resonated with me at some, on some level. I didn't know what it was, but I absolutely was the kid. My mom being like the good Christian woman she was when people would be like video games and movies don't influence children. She'd be like, yes, they do. Look at my son. Cause like Ninja Turtles would come on and I'd run to the bathroom and tie a belt around my head Mm -hmm. and like get Mm -hmm. some knives and be like, whatever. Or like, Any of these period pieces, even like that thing you do, we'd put that movie on. I'd go get my toy guitar and be like standing in front of the TV watching that. So for me, it was just always an escape. And it was also um, kind of just out of my control. So instead of watching whatever it was, Beetlejuice or whatever cartoons were on, I mean, uh, outside of TGIF, that was sacred in our house. But like when TGIF was done, it was, you want, you're going to watch what your sisters who are almost a decade older than you have chosen. And that was just like, I was obsessed with it right away. That's so
0: interesting because my brother is four years older than me. And I think by that math, your next oldest sister and my brother are the same age. So that makes sense why we have similar, because he was, he was my pop culture entry point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was the rebel as well. We, We were a conservative Christian household in the nineties in the height of like satanic panic and like Nintendo, what, you know, like violent video games became a thing. Like I, I I was born in 82. So like 92, I was really like a full kid absorbing pop culture. And that's in 92 is also when historians now say the nineties began. Um, It's when Nirvana Mm. hit. It's when like the nineties became the nineties. There really is a lot to what, what our pop culture entry points were. And mine was that having an older brother, who was who was the rebellious kid and i was too scared to be a rebel so he would he would sneak stuff home and wake Mm. wake me up and be like hey come and watch this movie it's called billy madison and i was like okay whatever so great and and i was kind of scared of my brother because he was into drugs and stuff too (laughs) so i was like i don't know let's watch this he was like, come watch this movie it's called pulp fiction come watch this movie it's called reservoir dogs and I didn't know what yeah. I was watching half the time, but I, he knew that my parents wouldn't let me watch it, and because they didn't let him watch it either. But he worked at a video store before I did, even so he would bring the stuff home. He would sneak me posters. He it it was the coolest thing that he did, even though he was 100% a hundred percent a d bag to me. Also, um, but it, but it was that thing, and, and that's the thing. Even before that, like we were in the star, we were a Star Wars family. We watched Wizard of Oz, singing in the rain, It's a Wonderful Life. My my, yeah. my mom my mom still loves old like MGM musicals and stuff to this day. And my dad is a jazz musician, so there was a lot of that kind of stuff um, around.
1: You know, I've never seen Singing in the Rain. I feel horrible about it.
0: David.
1: That. Brett Goldstein made me feel terrible about that because he you speaks should. so highly of it yeah. now, and I'm like
0: Brett Goldstein, who has a podcast called uh, Films to Be Buried With. Highly recommend checking out that podcast if you like movie podcasts. If you haven't, listened to it already. I just dropped a spoon. <clears throat> it's fine.
1: You now, while you're, while you're picking that up, you haven't seen Godfather, though, have no, you? Is that no. is that right? No. See? So we're both broken in one Dickie way or another. I've seen
0: Roberts' Child Star. Is that, um, is that a thing?
1: <laughs> yeah. If
0: you've seen that, you've yeah, seen all the Godfather movies. I feel like I've seen, seen all three Godfathers. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen um, Grown Ups 2. Is, is that... <laughs> Electric, but boogaloo. not the first one, yeah, um <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm a I'm not a purist. no, that, that's that's true. Here's the thing. singing in the rain, I didn't see until no well, I guess I saw when I was a kid that that was that was in the in the cavalcade of of whatever. I don't think I understood it though. I watched it for the first time in like a decade again when I was like seventeen or eighteen, and it was magical mm-hmm. like i I had a beginning of an appreciation of film. I would be so interested here here's the thing. I'm not that person who's like, God, dude. I can't believe you haven't seen this movie. Right, right, right. Like, I'm more interested now. I mean, I used to be that guy. I'm more interested now in like, oh, I'm so excited for you to see this cause I'm so curious. Yes. Because, you know, you know how it is when you're like, I would love to go back and watch Ex Machina for the first time or like,
1: I literally or Fight
0: Club. Like I get so excited when I when I'm like, oh my gosh, you're gonna get to see this for the first time. You know, in Zombieland. Have you seen Zombieland? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. not
1: of course, (laughs) because I haven't seen Singing in the Rain, but I've seen Zombieland, Nick. I'm not a philistine. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but there's a, there's a scene where Jesse Eisenberg's character shows uh the girl like Ghostbusters for the first time at, at Bill Murray's house, and he's like, "I'm so excited! You're gonna you're gonna find out who they're gonna call, and like that that's that's why I feel about singing the rain for you. Like, oh my gosh, you're gonna find out yeah. who they're gonna call, um,
1: where they're singing. But yeah. it, it it
0: it's beautiful. It's it, spoiler spoiler. It's in the it's rain. A, <laughs> Oh man, that is right there in the title. But uh, Singing Sing yeah. of the Rain is amazing. I'm not gonna get on a tangent about it, but like because it's the first Hollywood movie to lampoon itself, so it, it is mm. making fun of or poking fun at of the Hollywood whole, the whole system of it. And I didn't know that going into it. I didn't understand that when I was a kid, but going back and watching huh. it now, it's very funny because they just poke fun at like the paparazzi and like all this is brand new. It's nineteen fifty two, like it's crazy. But that's they, so they poke fun at the I want to circle back
1: around go ahead. No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Dickie I want to circle back around to that movie. No, to Singing in the Rain, when we talk about, we've talked about a little bit of like the history of Hollywood, how that started. And that's a whole other like yeah, its own episode and thing like that. But that's so interesting because I haven't seen that. I didn't know that. But that was what, like 55, 52. 54, 52. Yeah. So like that's, I mean, what Hollywood's been around for 30 years at that point. Mm-hmm like and that's I just anyway i don't want to go too far down that rabbit no, hole talk that about was it super a little interesting you, the conversation we were having well just the idea that like up to that point there was there is no media right so you're looking at like in the 20s and in the 30s and in the 50s does life imitate art or is art trying to imitate the life that's is it trying to influence through? a life yeah exactly like the even uh i don't remember when leave it to beaver came out i'm assuming 50s as well yeah it's the 50s yeah uh, it's black and white size, yeah. right but like there so many like historians will talk about it like, hey, we... Uh, leave it to beaver was modeled after like the American the nuclear family at the time a lot of others recently have just recently have started to talk about the fact that like the family didn't the American family did not look like that until Mm. leave it to beaver came out and there was no way for us to know that we just assumed oh that's what families look like now that's what because that's like I mean in a way Hollywood was propaganda you know it was an escape it was made it was two brothers who had a horrible upbringing when they were younger who decided we want to create this fantasy land for people to escape to it'll be completely surreal but so it's interesting to hear that, like Singing in the Rain, was one of the first movies to kind of tweak its own nose. I didn't know that. But um, I,
0: I have a theory also that that for me, movies was all, was an escape. But for me, I, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas. Um, people that did, people didn't get out of this town, you know, like there were two mm. colleges in the town. It was kind of the only thing going on in the town. And people would go to graduate high school, if even that, go to college in those at those colleges, and then end up working at the college. And it just was like a farm system. It was just like, it, yeah. and, and very few people got out. And so I just assumed that was kind of the way it was going to go for me. And it didn't even seem like a bad idea. Like I was like, okay, cool. Like safety, security, a bubble inside of a bubble. Cool. Like, I don't know. And so movies were, were an escape, but they were more like a portal to under, mm. like to something else and everything from star Wars to princess bride, you know, like fantastical things. But then also like Ferris Bueller and like Breakfast Club, John Hughes movies, it, it was just something to see because I didn't think I'd ever get to be there. And so like now, like a few years ago, um, I started visiting like, I realized that a lot of these places were, were filmed, films were filmed in practical locations and you can actually go to the high school that Ferris Bueller was shot at. And it's the same yeah. high school that that 16 Candles was shot at. And it's across the street from the gym that um, Breakfast Club was shot at. It's just this weird like, oh, you can go there and stand in the place where these happen. And like, it was one of my favorite things to do for a while when I would go on tour is seek out like, oh, League of Their Own was shot 20 minutes from here. Well, we're going, you Mm -hmm. know, Danny Real Life was shot, you know, right over here. Like I'm where we're going. Like I'm just, the Royal Tenenbaums house is three blocks that way. Like, well, I'm going, like there's something about me. It feels like successful that I like crawled through the screen and now I'm standing in a place where these were, it feels like, I got out a little bit, but for me, it was just a window to another world. And maybe that's, that's escapist too. But I think also like, I've I've been thinking a lot about it lately since this podcast started. um, And since we've been talking about it more and more, I think men or like cis men, especially we are visual people. This is not a new thing. And I think being having, having movies being the visual medium of choice, it, we react very strongly to film, maybe even more so than feminine energy or cis women. Um, and I, I don't know if that's true or not. I can speak from my experience and my experience is yes. Like I'm a very visual person seeing a visual image. I would much rather watch a movie. Um, You've talked about watching podcasts over listening to them, you know, yeah, and, I, and I, I think there's something to that too with movies and the fact that like there's something about the the, the short amount of time too, that's, that's very engaging that I can spend an evening watching, A movie and then the rest of the evening dissecting it and and googling it or watching reaction videos or just whatever it might be like there's something about an immersive experience of a movie it feels more like um a a sensory deprivation tank um you know the sensory sensory deprivation tanks where you just lie and you know there's salt and stuff in the pool and you just lie flat and you you don't know what's up and down because it's a dark room it feels like that that's why I love movie theaters. It feels like that sensory yeah. overload experience, visual experience. And I wonder how much of that has to tie with the fact that like I'm a dude and I'm a very visual dude. Do you resonate with that at all?
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, it's there is like um I've gotten into audiobooks later in life like in now in Genuinely, like, into my mid-30s, I finally started getting into that. I always kind of struggled with that to, a, like, a certain extent when I was younger, though. I liked reading books. I read quite a bit. But there was something different about a movie. You mentioned, like, earlier your son at a really young age. Like, he'd be watching Thor, and he'd just go, That's me. That's and, like, me. it was the same thing for me, again, like, when I would – a Western would come on. I'd run to my room and I'd come out and I had my cap guns in my holsters mm-hmm. and my cowboy hat on. And then next would be some ninja movie. And I'd run and I'd put on my next call. <laughs> I just had all of it. And I was like, yeah, this is just, this is the day that I That's had I lived through all of this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that also was why I was never allowed to watch fun movies as an adolescent or play any video games. Cause my mom was like, no, you're going to murder someone Dude, in real I, life or whatever. I punched at the,
0: at the, I punched my brother in the throat. <laughs> At the end of Rocky, no. like I was so overcome by the energy of the filmmaking yeah. of Sylvester Stallone that I pun—I turned around and went, yeah, and punched my brother <laughs> in the throat at age five. And, and immediately Rocky was taken out of the rotation
1: yeah, of, of VHS done.
0: tapes that we owned. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's amazing. so, yes, I understand that influence for sure. Man, there's another cool thing too. And I think that you can do this through other mediums. Absolutely. I see it even more so through film just because um, I think that there are more elements to a film than there are to music. But I think you can, like you see this with artists, things like that. But seeing like the arc of a creative, of an actor, of a director, of like the greats, you can see like the arc of Chris Nolan is insane um you can see the arc of yeah. even to be you know what like uh ben stiller i remember yeah. being 8 years old and watching reality bites 94 right 94 yeah 94 and let's M- google M- it we can google know. it now Keep talking. back in the yeah back in the 90s we could just argue about that for an hour but my sister brought it home <laughs> and instead You're right, of like yeah yeah i am um I'm just kidding. <laughs> but back instead instead of your brother who he'd be like hey come here let's go watch some like you knew knew the parents yeah instead for me it was like mom tell her let me watch it with her like you know yeah i remember my sister putting that on she was 17 at the time i guess and so watching that and even as an eight-year-old going like that was like it left me with the feeling of melancholy and change and a chapter closing like i remember being Mm -hmm. impacted by that movie then earlier today i watched a um I mean, and Ben Stiller's career has been incredible. I think one of my one of my favorite. I think one of the most underrated films uh, that I've seen in a long time is the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. We talk about it in episode yeah. zero. Like, you mentioned that last time. Yeah, I thought that film was incredible, and he just got shit on for it. But then I, I was know. watching, of all things, it was a TikTok with Brent Forrester. You know him? The he was a writer on The Simpsons and The Office, uh, and uh, a couple Maybe. other. Like he's a really he's a well known writer, but he talked. He told a story about sitting down with Ben Stiller. He's on Jimmy Fallon, I think tonight. And he was like, we have had five one-hour Zoom calls to, like, workshop stories and jokes and all that kind of stuff. And we narrowed it down to eight stories, and we narrowed it down to three stories. And, like, he's on the way in the cab right now to, like, The Tonight Show, and he's calling me to, like, riff off a few more jokes and stuff. And for me, I'm like, that's a cool story. But it's even cooler when I can take a step back and just look at, like, hey, this is – Dave Ramirez has a line in one of his songs, or he has a song called "Uh, I'm Not Going Anywhere. And his Mm -hmm. whole, like the whole thesis is like, I'm like, when I'm gone, you can go find me in the jukebox. Like I'm going to leave something behind. And there is something really romantic to me about that. Maybe it's as, as a creative to, to be able to see like the arc of a creative, like someone like Ben Stiller who started with the Ben Stiller show, then reality by Ben Stiller show was before that. Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it post reality bites? Yeah. No, it was, it
0: was Ben Stiller show that got him reality bites because it won a, it won an Emmy and then got canceled And then and then he got to do Reality Bites because of that, because he people don't realize he directed
1: Reality Bites Mm -hmm. like
0: he's the director. Yeah.
1: So to see like even just the arc from that to Walter Mitty, but there's so many creative projects in between that and then hearing these stories from other creatives going like, hey, look at the sweat this guy has put into his career. I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, we can tell those stories, but we can also go back and celebrate that for like that's 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 immortality you know what I mean like that sounds like so crazy but I love that about movies
0: and I'm sure Ben Stiller's great I mean he comes from a a comedy dynasty so yeah and I'm sure he would have liked more I don't know you know it's the whole Weezer Pinkerton thing where it's like would Mm. would the band would that album mean as much if it was a huge smash right away you know it's an album that it took 10 years to for people to recognize and in that time influence like hundreds of bands you know Mm -hmm. the whole emo movement of the early 2000s jimmy world and dashboard and the like came from pinkerton like and counting crows and like all these bands that like kind of got big but like not really and i think about ben stiller and like if ben stiller show um and then like movies that he did like cable guy he was trying to make these big swings for the fences mystery men dude doesn't get talked about enough like these movies they they weren't they were actually box office flops and but, the cable guy literally just had a
1: Super Bowl commercial. I know, You're like he was literally in this Super Bowl when that movie came out. People were like, it was garbage. Sorry, I don't mean to. I can interrupt. you No, you, now. you can't. <laughs> we're not a Marco Polo anymore.
0: Yeah. But it, by, by the way, quick aside, can we get Marco Polo? My goal is to get them to sponsor the podcast <laughs> yeah. so we can make some money back. Brought um, to you by Marco uh, Polo. Yeah, but they they uh, but the whole idea that like it's almost better that Ben Stiller tried to swing for the fences didn't make it but instead you know he made all these movies in the videotape era where stuff in in cable premium cable was a thing so cable guy and reality Bites, which was kind of a hit but like mystery men Walter Mitty these movies are getting passed around and people are like so mystery men is a lot of people's favorite movie but it's like mm. a kind of an underground movie that was released by a major studio or yeah. cable guy was cable guy influenced a ton of comedians at that time and cable guy i talked about it last time and i will talk about it every time it comes up but like produced by jed apatow uh the the first major movie that owen wilson appears in uh it's where jed apatow met his wife leslie mann jack blackson and david cross yeah uh, bob odenkirk um, he cast her because he wanted to meet her, and then they ended up going out and getting married. Is,
1: which one? Cable guy, <laughs> cable guy, yeah. Cable guy is responsible for Maude Apatow, who just 100%. gave one of the greatest. She was so I don't you don't watch Euphoria, but the, she was last night's episode was incredible. We have the cable guy That's to thank ca- for that. I'm gonna we, tell we Gen oh. Z that.
0: A hundred percent, but that that is was so insane to me because if Cable Guy was an a spuntura, which they thought it was going to be, mm. I I don't think it would have had as big of an impact. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. But be, be, some movies have to fail so they can find the underground, so people can figure it out later. Because I I feel like Cable Guy, even Walter Mitty to an extent, Mystery Men, these movies that he made that he put his heart into ben stiller show is way ahead it's they're all ahead of its time absolutely the world just it it was too weird it was too quirky it was too dark it was too specific for the time but then like four five seven ten years later people are like holy crap the cable guy literally there is a line that that uh that chip uh, the cable guy, his character, Jim Carrey's character says at the end, he has a whole diatribe that predicts the internet. It's predicts social media. Yeah. It's wild. It, it's It was passed around a few years ago on, on social media. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh. Like the, he, Ben Stiller kind of predicted everything. Um, but I will, I will always praise Ben Stiller because and also him and Will Ferrell and a lot of these guys who don't have to care seem to really care. They seem to really care about, yeah. well, just that story you just told, you know, like he's going over stories for a talk show appearance. Dude, like, he could
1: show up and wing that and we would love it. Five one hour yeah. Zoom calls just to nail those jokes. It's like, that's why that's why Cable Guy in 2022 is in the Super Bowl commercials. That's why yeah, like, without yeah. without the Ben Stiller show, um, I think you should leave wouldn't exist. Like there's these yeah. shows now that uh, this is welcome to our new podcast. And that's by another the way. one. We that's love Ben one. Stiller. Yeah. Yeah
0: the stiller cast there's another (laughs) there's another one but 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 i think you should will be that too because it's it's a show that people pass around in a time when there isn't a physical it isn't in the physical form you know but people are still like have you seen this clip have you seen and i I honestly think as sad as it makes me that the lonely island doesn't get as much credit as they do Mm. because if this was the 90s the lonely island would be mel mel brooks the lonely island would 100%. have like tw- 12 movies in a tv show um yeah. because because those three dudes are as creative and, and geniusly comedic as it gets but because of that like mcgruber just came which is yorma Tacone, that one one third of the Lonely yeah. island got to come back like it's which is another good example so in a way it's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say it's better because, I, of course, I want these creators to make all of the money and have all of the success, but... I don't really know what I'm trying to hit on. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, absolutely. I do.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm 100% following. We are big fans of and I want to say this on the podcast. You said this yesterday, I think on Marco Polo sponsors and I <laughs> was like that's a, that's so well said. Is it like because we're verbal processors, I, I find myself apologizing in conversations when I'm I'm following a track and it reaches a dead end and you just kind of have to go, what are we What are we talking about right now? Sorry about that. Yeah. And it's like, no, don't be sorry. The people who are listening are usually like, no, I was tracking. That's just the end of the thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's going sometimes- to happened a lot on this podcast yeah yeah dude i've i don't mean to interrupt i totally forgot this is super rude of us but we have a co-host a third co-host who isn't pictured here and i we have not i haven't asked any of his opinions on this but i was curious seth uh seth rogan is (laughs) is over here seth rogan is here yeah seth rogan no it's i didn't want to flex on people i thought he would just pipe in and we would just be like hey is our friend seth yeah but I don't know if we want to hear from him. <laughs> but he...
0: Yeah, I don't know how we're we gonna how are we gonna talk to him. Is there? Does he have a microphone?
1: Yeah, there's a microphone under your desk, I think. Oh. Isn't that?
0: <laughs> Wait, he's in my house.
1: Yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's not in my house. This is yeah. funny. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I I think he's funny. He's one of those guys that you want to give a microphone to. <laughs> I, I can't do it.
1: Anyway, <laughs> that was so rude. I was just I you just interrupted your up thought up to put you to, on the spot to give
0: me. It's the only celebrity impression that I can do because we have similar voices, but um, yeah, I need to practice that more. Uh, Bill Hader taught me how to do not in person because I don't know him, but he taught me, <laughs> but I listened to him do one, do a Seth Rogen impression. And I was like, I think I can do that. Cause it's a lot of people think he's down here, but he, he goes a little bit higher. There are sometimes it's crazy. Dude, I, It's so yeah, good.
1: Sorry. Thank you. It's um, so freaking good. Uh, you should ask Seth to introduce you to Bill.
0: Yeah, I should. Hey, uh, did you guys know that my friend Judd Apatow is here? It's crazy. Remember him? He made all those movies I was in. Go ahead, Judd. Say something. That's
1: so mean. Because <laughs> I <laughs> cannot do Judd Apatow. Yes, you can. I think I, was, I think I had been drinking a little too much one night on Marco you, Polo. You told me and you not do remember. Judd Apatow. No, no, no. I didn't tell you I did it. I tried it when I, I'm trying to think of what the phrase was. Because uh, I just watched an interview with him. And I literally watched Because Judd just talks like he... No offense, Judd, because he uh, he's listening. Kinda, he's he, kind of down here a little he, bit. He, and he's got uh, the stuffy nose Yeah. So I just, just kept walking around my he house going, saying? I was just walking around my house going, I know.
0: I know. <laughs> That's really That's good. That's funny.
1: That's funny.
0: I mean, when I worked with Gary Shandling it was what he's a little bit Seth Rogen, where he's got, he's kind of got a little bit of a frog in
1: his throat. He, the clips of them, by the way, on the set of This Is 40, have you seen those? Like the BTS of them like teaching mod to like, that was incredible. One of our I'm going to make you watch one of, one of our collectively favorite movies. This is 40. So good. The whole the whole Apatow verse is so good. But this I is agree. 40. I think funny, funny people was before. This is 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny people was the first one that made me go like, hey, we everyone be quiet and pay attention to Judd App. like that was yeah. so good because his movies were hilarious before that. But that it's like almost it's through the, the lens dramedy. of funny people. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And through the lens of funny people, you watch even his goofy movies, and you're like, there is a there's a a line of like reality and sadness through all of those, you know? Yeah. That's really
0: good. it was one of those things where I'm sure it happened before that, but like it was of my generation the first time that I really saw like you know, we've seen Adam Sandler be serious, we've seen him be a, a giant goof, but that was kind of something in the middle, it was something different. And I love that he made that because he wanted to work with it like one of his oldest friends like he was just he wanted to see if he could tell this story and that movie that movie funny people get shit on a lot because people like to talk about how long it is and how it doesn't make any sense and it just drags on and on but i I think the people that say that oversimplify it and don't don't give it the chance that it deserves because at the very least it's not my favorite of his movies but anytime it's on i watch it um yeah and it's genuinely judd judd and his movies in general you know he it's it's a lot of dick jokes and stuff and like pot humor and a lot of man child stuff. But I think he has some really interesting perspectives on manhood and, and especially this, he gave a voice to this entire man child idea and not only through, through him, but like by, by giving Seth Rogen the golden pin and saying, you mm-hmm. know, he had this whole, I'll talk about it forever. And I talked about it on my old podcast, all time favorite Um, But if you want to go back and listen to my Jed Apatow episode from whenever that was 2015, but like, I, I love that he took this crew of kids from freaks and geeks. And when freaks and geeks got canceled, he felt so responsible because a lot of them had quit high school or quit college and moved to LA to do this show they did for one season and then get fired and they were going to be okay. But he, so he like, Called them all over to his house over consecutive weekends i think and just taught them all how to write was like if you write something bring it to me i'll i'll try to figure out how to get it made and it took years and uh jason siegel especially was like i'm just going to be an actor i don't care and then when he hit a rough spot in like 2005 or something like that brought um five years after freaks and geeks like worked worked with Judd and, and they came up with forgetting Sarah Marshall and he just I, I just love that he he inspired so like Jason Siegel was
1: not a leading man before that. Like Jason no. Siegel was was barely being viewed as like like I, He was not in the co- pop culture zeitgeist at all yet, I felt like. like I mean, there was How I Met Your Mother, and those fans knew him yeah. and loved him. But I th- I feel like he even did the same thing in Funny People, the same thing he did in Freaks and Geeks, because if you look at that cast, it's outrageous it's stacked. how good the casting was there. But even in Funny People, you've got Aubrey Plaza before she was mm-hmm. Aubrey effing Plaza. You've got yeah. Jonah Hill was still a big deal. I mean, he'd done big things, but he wasn't he Jonah He hit. wasn't working with Scorsese, you know what I mean? Not yet. And there's a lot of those actors there. I mean, even Seth Rogen at that point – that was the guy that you kind of book is like the, you know, the kind of goofy kind of straight guy in this movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's before he was like the Hollywood producer, like running the show and stuff. Like yeah, there's so true. much there that like his, his eye for talent is absurd with that.
0: Yeah. And I, and I just love anybody who has all of the clout and all of the power and they just, they just distribute it equally to people that don't have it, but have the like, the ability to create something cool like seth and and evan goldberg his writing partner and jason siegel and jonah hill to an extent like they all these guys they had all these ideas and he was just like yeah i'm gonna shine my light on you guys because i don't have an idea right now mm-hmm. he even did it with amy schumer or pete davidson and now is doing it with billy eichner where he's like I want to direct a movie and I have all this money to do a movie, but I don't have an idea right now. Does anybody else have an idea? Like what an amazing thing for like, if it was anybody else, I feel like they'd be like, I don't know. I'll just kind of do the same thing I've done before and we'll call it a day and I'll get paid and who cares. Um, And then you get, end up getting movies like couples retreat, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Do you remember that movie? For I children? absolutely
1: remember that. Movie. I'm going to be honest. It's 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 a garbage movie that I love. Really? I that movie's terrible. But it's not a good movie. Uh, Kristen Bell and Vince Vaughn. I, I'm a Vince Vaughn fan. He was me he too. was at the height of the Vince Vaughnian his whole thing. Buddy, buddy, buddy. In that movie, too. he was so good. Buddy, 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 buddy. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Um, he was so good in that. And then, uh, and Kristen Bell is just. I know, a no, it's an She's, incredibly it so good. In that it's, movie. A yes, it's a watchable. movie. it's a garbage movie,
0: but it, it, it's a movie that they they made an excuse. They gave the studio gave them money, and they decided to go on vacation and film a movie. You know,
1: I honestly, I was gonna say Couples Retreat is my Grown Ups. I watch Grown Ups, and I'm like, this guy, you're not fooling anybody, guys. Y'all wanted to make a yeah. couple mill and hang out at a lake house, and I'm bored. Um, but Couples Retreat was that. I don't, I don't know why that one cracked the code for me or whatever. But I yeah. love that movie. All
0: right, no, that's fair, but I, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not a good movie. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it'd be really easy for Jed to be like, I don't know, it's been two years. I guess I'll just like we'll just mimic what we've done in the past. But instead, yeah, I love that he gives the mic to Amy Schumer and he's like, You have a great idea, or gives it to Pete Davidson, and is like, You have a great idea. Let me help you make this. And now he's doing it with Billy eichner to make this this new um rom-com bros that's coming out, I think this year or next. And it, it just I love it so much, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll have an idea another time, but right now, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't have an idea. How did you do it? I don't know. It's I, funny. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> That's really good. I like. I don't it. know. I can't it's hear myself. The accurate. monitor's off, so it's not accurate, but it is funny. <laughs> So that's is that i'm
1: doing the chevy chase does the president i'm the chevy yeah, chase of I'm, impressions I'm, is that I'm it right now?
0: gerald ford i don't know like he's just that's all he did i love that he made no attempt no attempt to be, yeah to i don't be want accurate. to give that guy
1: i don't want to give chevy any heat honestly yeah he'll come i'd rather you. i'd rather gas up couples retreat than gas up chevy chase that's right chevy I'm going to war with chevy
0: i bet you didn't know you were going to say that sentence today when you woke up i'd rather, said, I'd rather that's really good. i'd rather gas up couples retreat um that's a good answer well we answered a bunch of questions in episode zero um that's a good answer for a movie that a lot of people hate and i don't think people hate that movie as much as they just immediately forgot about it because it's very forgettable couples retreat? yeah or which one for yeah, couples yeah
1: Retreat. yeah directed by peter billingsley I just oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't know Did any you? of that. I, was yeah. like, that's I No, I didn't know any of that. Okay. I knew Vince Vaughn. I forgot Jason Bateman was in that movie. And he He's is. like second build. Yeah,
0: I can gas up Judd all day long. I, I, I really, really have a tremendous amount of respect for him. But once again, if it wasn't for Ben Stiller saying Judd's my guy for mm-hmm. for Ben Stiller show because he produced it first show that Judd Apatow ever produced. You know, he was only a writer before then on on uh, Gary Shanling's Larry Sanders show. I just love like anytime there's a, somebody else gives another person a leg up because how many friends, creative friends do we have that were like, man, if this guy had the money and the, the, the power behind pushing this album that that they just put out, like it would be the biggest thing in the world, but they just don't. So I love anytime anybody passes that baton.
1: You can tell that's a big deal to him, too, because, I mean, on, aside from the stories of, like, what he did for Jason Segel, what he did for Seth Rogen, even in Funny People, that's such a strong through line in the narrative of, like, the fact yeah. that, uh, what's his name, Adam Sandler's character, I can't think of his name, um, calls Merman. Seth Rogen to be like, yeah, Merman calls Seth to be like, hey, you and your buddy should write for me, and he's like, oh, my buddy's busy, and, like, he just goes his own thing, or yeah. the jealousy they have with Jason Swartz's character, he yeah. was on, like, Yo, Teach, Yo, Teach, um, which I just rewatched that I didn't remember that Bo Burnham is Bo just Burnham's casually one of the kids. Yeah,
0: Bo Bu- Bu- Burnham has Burnham. Burnham. Uh, Judd Apatow's been on the Bo Burnham train for a long time because he also not he put him in that and then he he cast him in his uh, produced movie. One of my favorites, The Big Sick. Bo Burnham's in that as as one of Camille's comedian friends.
1: He's one of the only artists, especially like music comedians who's been on WTF that Mark didn't immediately shit on. Oh, like Mark, so he, he kept being really self-deprecating and Mark was like, "Hey dude, stop. No, like good. I like it's your really stuff. Good. You're good."
0: He was yeah. really ready for it. <laughs> is this a podcast yeah. where we do- Why was this wise? I would yeah. love it if this was a podcast where we just broke down other podcast episodes from other podcasts.
1: <laughs> so far, <laughs> this has been a stellar cast. Them. Yeah. The Apatow cast and now we're just talking about comedy. It's just
0: going to be the way it is. Um but no but I'll, I'll, I love creators that 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 shine a light on other creators so we can see different points of view and i feel like i'm trying to wrap this up in a bow you can tell um let me let me youth pastor this shit you know i thought i was a funny people before i i realized this was 40 this was 40 lashes that jesus got david listen david and i grew up in in uh bible belt ish uh, conservative Christian home. So
1: we're gonna the buckle of the Bible. We're, belt, we're yeah. going
0: to we're gonna bust this out. That's what's also crazy about you and I is like we've talked about this before, but we're like four or five years apart. Um but we, but we now we realize that we're so similar because of our cultural touchstone siblings, but also mm-hmm. different ethnicities, different sides of the not sides of the country, different states. Different states, yeah. Um but Texas and Arkansas are close, but I mean San Antonio it might, it might as well be a couple different states away. I don't know. It just continually, I forget all of our differences because we have so many similarities.
1: Well, I mean, we didn't meet until we met what five years ago. We weren't like legitimately investing in this friendship until like almost a year ago. But, uh, 20 years ago, like we were touring the same clubs with our own little Christian punk bands. Like it's ridiculous. I still think we probably played a show together. A
0: hundred percent. The vinyl affair, the vinyl affair and alter ego. My old band probably played with the vinyl affair. Your old band.
1: Or uh the the one that I threw together for like a six months, Calling Joshua. Ooh. I don't even remember where that came from. I was like, hey, pick a name from the Bible and let's add calling to it and we can go sing about girls. I don't know why the, the, the early aughts were wild. They
0: sure were. What what year was Calling Joshua? Let's connect these dots. Oh, IRL.
1: <laughs> uh, let me tell you, the last show we played, we opened for um um why can't I think of their name now? Project eighty six on the drawing black lines tour. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was that, that L- year Look it up when, it, when is this? Let's see Drawing black lines um, Nobody cares
0: this about out? this There's one kid who just perked up
1: <laughs> There's one kid like, who's Betty like Betty Rocket <laughs> Tooth and nail What? <laughs> I used to listen to HM Magazine One of the
0: one of the kids Listen to HM? And by kid I mean Andrew from Project 86 Just perked up He's listening
1: 2000 Oh, Yeah, what? the year 2000 In 2000?
0: <laughs> Mm-hmm. Wait, how you That's had to have been released. fifteen? How or like fourteen? I mean, yeah, you were that young <laughs> yep. when Calling Joshua was a thing. I was,
1: yeah, and that was what's and I was the lead singer of it. So you can imagine me getting up to be like, "Hey guys,
0: welcome to guys, <laughs> Welcome, Girl. we're all having a great
1: time." <laughs> yeah. wow. But that that comes back to the like how I got into that whole deal. That was. All the guys in my band were guys that were friends with my sisters. They would go to there was this big like Christian college gathering, and they, my sisters would just take me with them, and I would hang out with them. And all those guys wanted to date my sisters, so they would hang out with me, <laughs> and we just started a band. So I was just in a band with like five guys who were in love with my sister uh, sisters. You know what?
0: Respect. I was doomed. Respect.
1: <laughs> start, yeah, I respect. You know what? That's
0: what do I got to do? Be in a band with this kid project that's I'm how in. in
1: love with them they were <laughs> how in love with my sisters they were they're like fine let this kid sing relatable. about it middle school crush
0: relatable that's crazy i was i thought you were gonna say like 2005 or something about it. the 2000 2000 no, was school, i wasn't yeah. even touring yet i was like literally still playing shows in in arkansas because i was so scared to leave my hometown that's wild that is really wild. well
1: and i probably it probably wasn't the year that that album came out either maybe maybe i don't remember what year that was but i was for sure like i wasn't older than 16 when we played with that uh,
0: um but no guys okay we're gonna wrap this one up but like as as we go on we we uh this is kind of what it is man we're gonna hang out we're gonna talk about things kind of organically and uh we're gonna have some topics and stuff we want to hit but also i want to hear from you guys too we're gonna throw up on all the social media stuff and all of the you can look at the show notes Mm -hmm. of this episode get our email if you have I'm not even kidding a single thought uh, in, about anything that we've talked about. Um, I want to hear about it. I want to hear if you also hated couples retreat and wanted to throw your ice. And I the- want to hear <laughs> if you thought Dave bust it's underappreciated. Dave was yeah. checking out completely <laughs> as I wrapped up the episode and he, he ran <laughs> back in the room <laughs> to be like, whoa, hold on a second. Vince Vaughn can do no wrong. Um, no, but <laughs> we, we, I want this to be a, an actual conversation. I would love this to be something um, that you guys feel like you can chime in on, and uh, we'll start reading your emails and tweets and and messages that you guys send us in whatever form you do. We'll start reading it on the show and involve it into the conversation. Um, I'm I'm at Nick Flora on everything. Um, it's just at Nick Flora, not at Nick Flora on everything. Um, although that is how I take my breakfast. I don't. Hey. I, anyway, we we're joking around here. <laughs> hey, hey. But yeah, I'm adding for, uh, um If you want to find me on on Instagram and and all the things, um very Googleable. Uh, what are you, David? What are you? I am
1: at Dave wears black. At Dave wears black. I usually do. I we're not we're not filming this one. No. So, actually, I am wearing black. You don't know. <laughs>
0: You just gave away that you aren't, but it's okay. You are wearing black, Dave not, wears black It's not Dave wears all black. It's Dave wears black. So as long as that's you have really, that's something actually, black on, which you normally you do, and you usually do because your hair is black. So you know. That's real. That's real, right? I got your back. That's real. <laughs> this is friendship, guys. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is friendship. This is what we wanted. This is all we wanted. <laughs> this is all we wanted. Uh thank you guys for listening. Um Betterman Film Club uh, at gmail.com is the is the email if you want to write us better Men film club on socials and uh yeah follow us tell your friends about it um if you want to wait a few episodes to see if it gets better i don't blame you um <laughs> but you know <laughs> if you want to feel like you're in a little club with us that's great also um feel free to check out the actual film club which is a twice a month meetup um uh that we do with uh, groups of guys you can actually join in in the conversation we pick a movie a month and we dissect it and talk about you know kind of book club style but we we have two meetups every month Um, you can go to bettermanfilmclub.com for more information on that and how to join the actual club and we'll have merch and all this other stuff coming up soon um, we're stoked. We're 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 sinking our teeth in here, man. We're getting
1: cozy. Yeah, we, we
0: bought rental space, and we're just we're putting paint on the walls. I don't know. This is all metaphorical. Hundo p. Hundo <laughs> p. Yeah, metaphorically, we're doing we're, all. We're using this words like hundo p. Th- yeah. us. we don't have time to say hundred percent. We're saying hundo p. I
1: don't have time. We gotta <laughs> lay. We gotta lay the the groundwork in this rental space. We
0: gotta we gotta l the gotta soundproof this. We got fictional rental. space We gotta space. l the gw. In the yeah. RS. <laughs> that's, that's lay, I don't even know what that was. Let's lay the groundwork in the rental space, but just the initial. Oh, that's good.
1: <laughs> L the GW in the RS. <laughs> All right, guys. That's, that's a, that's a we, thing now on this a, podcast. We have our first hashtag. A couple things. A couple things. <laughs> We're going to say that every episode. We will only refer to Bo Burnham as Bourbonum, And and i also we should end i want to ep- end this episode with a nonsensical movie quote every week oh absolutely you, i haven't i'm just p- p- springing that on look you so at do you have one
0: he's having a super time that's mine
1: you that's guys it. This, well, that, I do, you mean, guys we, do we do it
0: like do you guys know what it's from if you know what it's from i'm not going to tell you i'll tell you next episode here it is here it is again here to get you ready look at him he's having a super time